0: To the simple,
1: to the simple truth. You're listening to The Simple Truth with Pastor Dion Cordova of Truth Ministries Calvary Chapel.
2: See, when it comes to salvation, God doesn't play favorites. When it comes to salvation, grace is extended to whosoever will believe. When it comes to salvation, grace is extended to whosoever calls on the name of the Lord. But God does show extra grace toward those who love and serve Him.
0: As we to the simple-
1: Everyone has favorites. You probably have a favorite restaurant, activity, and type of music. You may even have people you favor over others. Does God have favorites? Does he treat people differently? Today, in Pastor Dion's teaching, you'll learn that God welcomes everyone with open arms. He doesn't show favoritism to those who want a relationship with him. However, God does pour out extra grace on those who will serve him with their hearts and lives by physically and spiritually blessing them. Now here's Pastor Dion in the book of Luke, chapter 18, with today's edition of The Simple Truth.
2: The rich young ruler had not committed adultery, not stolen, not lied, not murdered, not defrauded. And because he hadn't done any of the wrong things, he thought that he was on the up and up. But he was measuring himself with the wrong ruler. He was measuring himself by works and by the law. The rich young ruler was claiming perfection or righteousness, but he was terribly wrong. Look at your neighbor and say, terribly wrong. Look at your neighbor and say, shame, shame. See, this rich young ruler needed to trust Christ for his salvation and a ticket to heaven. Jesus had emphasized this before. John chapter 14 and verse 6, read it out loud with me. I am the way, the truth, and the life, and no one, everybody said, well, how many? No one comes to the Father except through me. And the Apostle Paul explained this to the Galatians, Galatians 2.16, read it with me. Yet we know that a person is made right with God, not by following the law, but by trusting in Jesus Christ. Say that again. But by trusting in Jesus Christ. So we too have put our faith in Christ Jesus that we might be made right with God because we trusted in Christ. It's not because we followed the law because no one can be made right with God by following the law. It's by trusting Christ. Say it again. What? Trusting Christ. So when this guy comes and, and Jesus says, well, you got to have kept the commandments. That's the first order of business. He says, all of those I've kept for my youth. I don't have anything to suck in. And then so Jesus says, hey, well, listen, you're measuring yourself by the wrong standard. Jesus could have screamed at him like a Pentecostal preacher and slammed this guy with guilt and condemnation for pleading not guilty because that's what the guy was saying, not guilty. I haven't, I haven't done anything like, wrong ever. But instead, Jesus looked at him with love and compassion and revealed the man's heart problem another way. Everybody say another way. You know, sometimes the Lord will try to reveal His Word to us in hopes that we'll see the reflection of ourselves and make the adjustment, but sometimes we're just a little blind. Sometimes we're just not that sharp. Sometimes we don't want to see it. And so Jesus tends to bring it to us in a different way. Look at your neighbor and say, a different way. So Jesus reveals this guy's heart problem another way. Jesus said, one thing you lack. Say it out loud. One thing you lack. Can you imagine that one thing? I, I'm pretty sure you and I have got 5, 7, 10, 12, 13 things, huh? But this guy, One thing. He said, go sell all that you have, give the money to the poor, and come and follow me. See, the Lord was trying to get this man to realize when he showed him the scriptures that What he was doing is is he had covetousness. He had greed in his life. He was holding on to his riches and hoping that that was going to be enough because by the consensus of that particular culture, being wealthy was um, kind of an evidence, so to speak, that you were blessed of God and you were right with God. So Jesus is trying to show him that, well, have you kept the ten commandments? Not ten, but the last six. Have you kept the last six of the commandments? In your relationship towards others? Well, yes, I have kept them all. Hmm. He doesn't get it. And so Jesus gives it to him another way. Has Jesus ever used his missile guidance targeting in your life? You know, when he has to tweak it a little more to give a direct hit when he's targeting us. And that's what Jesus does. Jesus invited this man to take the plunge. He invited him, let go of your kingdom and join mine. Jesus was saying, trust me. Everybody said, what? Trust me. That's what saying, trust me. Have you ever been invited to take a plunge? To get married? Buy a home? Have a child? Change careers? Invest your nest egg in a new business? Taking the plunge is risky and scary. The vulnerability makes us nervous and anxious. We like to control our environment. We like to keep ourselves secure. We usually like to trust ourselves. Mm -hmm. Some of you can't even stand somebody driving your car. I don't want to be in the passenger seat. I, I want to drive. The rich young ruler had been managing his life, but he hadn't put his trust in Jesus. There's an incident in the Old Testament that illustrates this perfectly. God gave the Old Testament prophet Ezekiel a vision of a mighty, mighty river. Everybody say river. God told Ezekiel, put on your board shorts and come and jump into the water. Well, Ezekiel jumped in, but he stayed on the shallow end next to the bank. See, he wanted to stand on his own two feet, ankle deep. But then the Lord said, no, come on, deeper. And so then he went knee deep. And listen, no, no, come on, in deeper. And then he went waist deep. Well, guys, He stayed on the shallow end and he went waist deep. And then Ezekiel said, that's as far as I go, God. God invited Ezekiel to jump in the deep end. Come out here where I am, he was saying. Ezekiel wanted to run and go get his life vest. I'll I'll get out there, but but, but let let me go get my life vest. Let me get my personal raft. Let me go get my redneck flotation device. God had to explain to Ezekiel that salvation and His kingdom are on the deep end and you need to trust Him alone. The rich young ruler had probably taken plunges in business, in relationships, material investments, but the most important plunge of all, eternal life. Jesus is saying, so then all you need to do To secure heaven, to secure your life, is let go of your kingdom. It wasn't about the money. It was about how he was holding on to it. How he would only go so far because he was anchored to it. And he's saying, let go of that. And come out into the deep and trust me. This man couldn't do it the most important plunge of all, eternal life, and this man walked away from it, sorrowful or sad. Everybody say the word what? Sad. Listen, you can't get into heaven without taking the plunge. You can't get into heaven without complete surrender and dependence on the Lord. You can't get to heaven unless you pull up anchor and trust in Jesus. Jesus even used a popular euphemism or hyperbole to illustrate this point. Jesus said trying to get to heaven by your own goodness or merit is as impossible as getting a camel through the eye of a needle. A literal camel and a literal needle. Jesus was using humor. Everybody say humor. Humor. Jesus liked to use humor. He's talking to him. He says, hey, listen, the thought of you getting into heaven or getting salvation on your own by yourself, it's it's an impossibility. It's like getting a camel, which was the biggest animal in that part of the world in Israel, the biggest animal they'd ever seen, and the eye of a needle. In fact, let's read it. Jesus using humor. Here's what he says. And when Jesus saw that He became very sorrowful, the man. He said, how hard it is for those who have riches to enter the kingdom of God or those who are anchored in something else to enter the kingdom of God. For it is easier for a camel to go through the eye of a needle than for a rich man to enter the kingdom of God. And those who heard it said, who then can be saved? But Jesus said, the things which are impossible with men are possible with God. Now, guys, it's impossible to get the camel through the eye of a needle. But people keep trying. Look at your neighbor and say, I've tried. Just look at him. Ah, People keep trying. Whenever I ask religious people about heaven and how they know they're going to heaven, I hear them trying to squeeze the poor camel through the eye of the needle. I'm a good person. Ah! I go to church, I pay my tithes, I try to get along with others, I give to charities, poor camel, everybody say it, poor camel. Jesus said, you can't twist, turn, squeeze, or manipulate your way into heaven. You can't work, earn, or buy your way in. Whew. That's when the disciples thought, well, I mean, if the rich people who are supposed to be, it's supposed to be the evidence of God's blessing on their life, and they're the godliest people, and, and they can't get in, then who can get into heaven? What's my chance here? Huh? That's when the disciples asked, Who then can be saved? Who can make it in? Everybody say it out loud. Who can make it in? Like I said, the religious system in that culture was works-based, much like the religion most of us grew up in. Admission to heaven is based on how good you were and how hard you worked. Performance. You know, squeezing that poor camel. Jesus was contradicting the work-based salvation. Salvation, heaven, eternal life, Jesus said, is only possible with God. God makes it possible. It's a matter of grace and faith. Say it out loud. It's a matter of what? Grace and faith. Not you pulling the camel. And that's when Peter wanted to qualify his and the disciples' standing. Peter asked, we've believed and and depended and surrendered to you everything. We've taken the plunge. Where are we in all of this? So as Jesus is making this statement to the general public there in front of this man, this rich young ruler, and he walked away sorrowful because he didn't want to pull up anchor and trust in Christ. I mean, there he goes off. He wanted to secure his eternity, but not that bad. And so he walks away. And so the disciples are thinking, well, well, listen, Jesus says, people who don't pull up anger and trust in me, it's hard for them to ever get into heaven. And the disciples say, well, what about us? Can you hear them? We've, we've given everything. We've done it all. We've taken the plunge. Where are all of us in this? In fact, here's the passage, verse 28. Then Peter said, see, we have left all and followed you. So Jesus said to them, assuredly, I say to you, there is no one who has left house or parents or brothers or wife or children for the sake of the kingdom of God. And read this last part out loud with me. Who shall not receive many times more in this present time and in the age to come eternal life. That was a good place to shout and sing and just, you know, holler right there. Yeah. Yeah. Jesus explained that those who abandon the interests and the influences of this life, who pull up anchor for the things of this world and put their faith, those who trust in Him, Jesus said those are the ones that will be saved and will receive eternal life in the age to come. Everybody say, heaven! Heaven. So heaven. You get it? It's secured. Look at your neighbor and say, secured! The gift of heaven is yours. Go ahead and do a fist pump right there. Yeah. Huh? Yes. If you put your faith in Christ, you pull up anchor and you put your faith in Christ, heaven is secure for you. The gift of heaven is yours, whether you surrendered in childhood or on your dying bed, whether you sinned little or much, whether you were an altar boy or a party animal, whether you were Mother Teresa or Madonna, whether you were Billy Graham or Charlie Sheen. It's yours when you put your faith and trust in Christ. Here's the verse. Read it with me. For God so loved the world that whosoever believes in him should not perish but have everlasting life. If you are a whosoever, you get the prize of heaven. Yeah. Secure. Look at your neighbor and smile at him. Secure. Don't worry, you're not going to be like that seagull. No way. But there's also something more that Jesus said we will receive after surrendering to Him. This is it. He said this word. Everybody say it. Everybody say it. Rewards. Not only will you secure heaven, but there will be rewards, heaven in the future. But right now, look at your neighbor and say right now. But right now, rewards in this life, Jesus promised. See, when it comes to salvation, God doesn't play favorites. When it comes to salvation, grace is extended to whosoever will believe. When it comes to salvation, grace is extended to whosoever calls on the name of the Lord. But God does show extra grace toward those who love and serve Him. Yes, God does show extra grace toward those who love and serve Him. God shows extra grace towards those who are engaged in His work, fulfilling His purpose. Here are a few verses. Psalm 5, verse 12. Read it with me. Lord, You bless those who do what is right. You protect them like a soldier's shield. I like it. Here we go. Psalm 84.11, For the Lord God is a sun and shield. The Lord will give grace and glory. No good thing will He withhold from those who walk uprightly. Yeah, I like that. Wow! Wow! And then Psalm 37.23, When a person lives for God... God orders his steps and though he stumble he will not fall for the Lord has hold of his hand. So we can never outgive God. Whatever it costs us to follow and to serve him, sometimes it costs relationships. Sometimes it costs us a job because they didn't like the way we changed. A relationship, because they didn't like the change that was taking place in us. Sometimes it costs walking away from certain things. I remember way back, I was probably just 21, and I, I led a, a guy to the Lord who was the driver for the Coors truck. He delivered beer. And it was a lucrative business. Plus, you know, there were Benefits. And I remember after I led him to the Lord, it was shortly after as he was growing, he thought, I just cannot continue to peddle that. You know, I had this job for, I think he had it like for six, seven years already. It's tough to let it go, but I want to honor the Lord with my life. And I don't want to be the Coors guy. I want to be a Christ guy. So he left it. Your story might be similar. You might have left some relationships, some things behind that cost you. Sometimes forgiveness costs you. I remember when we had a a business, it was a telephone answering service, and it was very lucrative. And I remember that one of the employees that we had was working for us, and she decided to undermine and try to steal our customers and take our business out from under us. Sylvia and I gave it to her. Rather than fight, she took our equipment and everything. She told us she would do it from, from her house, and that way she wouldn't have to travel, and we wouldn't have to be worried about anything. And, and so, you know, it sounded good, and she conned us. But, but nevertheless, the idea was is that, hey, sometimes forgiveness costs you. You let it go. You hear what I'm saying? But here's what I want to tell you, what Jesus just told us. Whatever it costs you, To serve and to follow Him. He will repay many times over in this life. Whatever friends or family you've lost, look around. (laughs) Look around. I have family members that didn't like me. Lived on the same street as me. And it's hard to not like me. It is. This neighbor would flip me off. You know, she was my aunt. Way <laughs> better. her. You lose family members. And I've gained so many, many more. I've lost some friends. But you gain so many, many more. The only way you don't gain is that you isolate yourself. Now that I'm serving the Lord, there's just just nobody. I'm just, just at home being bored. Why? Look at all these folks. Invite them to a barbecue. I know they'll go. (laughs) You hear me? The Lord says many, many times over, whether it's possessions, or whether it's materials, or whether it's finances, the Lord will bless. Because He continues to offer a certain grace that is above just that of salvation. A certain grace to those who love and serve Him. And in fact, here's the last verse that I'll mention. is that Romans 8.28 says, All things work together for good to those who love God and are called according to His purpose. There it is. Even when things seem bad, God will make everything transist. He'll transform everything and just His sovereignty, His providence. He will rearrange it so that your life will be blessed. Hey, you might suffer a little bit of pain. You might rock with the wake that gets sent your way. But you'll be stable, right? Because He takes care of us.
1: We're so glad that you joined us today for the simple truth. Pastor Dion Cordova has been sharing from the book of Luke, one of the narratives of Jesus' life on earth. Luke's perspective emphasizes the human interactions that Jesus had. His time spent caring deeply for people, no matter who they were or what their story was. Jesus cares for you in the same way. He knows what your background is, but that hasn't changed his opinion of you. He just wants to get to know you and show you what unconditional love is. His grace is big enough to cover all of your sins, and He's offering you a new life today. We'd love to tell you more, so please give us a call. We'll share how Jesus can impact your life forever and what steps you can take to begin a relationship with Him. Our phone number is 505-753-4363. That's 505-753-4363. We'd like to encourage you to get involved with a local church as well this will be a place that you can ask questions, learn more about Jesus, and find support as you grow in your faith. Are you in the Espanola area? If so, we'd love for you to come visit us at Truth Ministries Calvary Chapel. We meet on Sundays and Wednesdays for a time of worship, Bible study, and fellowship. Find out more and get directions to the church by visiting tmcalvary.com. That's tmcalvary.com. Our time with you is coming to an end today, but we want to thank you for tuning in, and we hope you'll join us again for more from Luke right here on The Simple Truth. You're the one
0: that we proclaim. We'll be fools for you as you work in us. May a power show in the deeds we sow. Let us drown our hands and together we stand. Together.